Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Nifty is in the house. Uh, it's the Monday episode. It's a little bit late. Sorry about that. I've been kind of tied up most of the day doing an athletic home this morning. And I, uh, you know what? I over-caffeinated this morning mm. when I was doing it. I had some stuff to write for this morning. So I thought a bit of caffeine will help. And then it turned out that I ended up having three fucking big ones. Well, it's the uh, podcaster's the ruin, day. isn't it? That's what they call it, podcaster's well, it, ruin. That's exactly what they call it, yeah. It's, mm. it's, uh, and I've been fucking frazzled for the entire day. Did you get really tearful at any point? That's what happens to me when I overdo Did it. I get like, tearful? I get tearful, like, so I'll be really buzzing and I'll really, like, drive <laughs> my my family mad by coming out with all sorts of crazy new ideas yeah. or theories or things yeah. like that. And then I'll hit a slump. Then I'll disappear. And you crash. And, and, and hit a slump. They won't see me. I'll be locked in my room. And then I'll come down and I'll be, like, on the... Ver- there'll be, like, tears in my eyes and I'll be really needing a cuddle off of someone. Yeah. And that's how it goes. Everyone. Yeah. Group huddle. I need a cuddle from everyone. Now, cuddle now, dad. Include the cat. Yeah. <laughs> no, I never got that bad, but I, I was aware that I was downstairs talking to me son and the dog, and I was <laughs> fucking hyper and yeah. ridiculous. And I've just, then I came to the time when I had to edit the podcast. And that, I wasn't tearful, but I just there was just stuff going through my head and noises and sounds, and I couldn't fucking focus on any of it. And then, then I just had a nap. And yeah, everything that's was it. all right after that. That's the best way to deal with most things. I mean, yeah. you know, Shut I had down. I had two naps that got out of hand over the weekend. Yeah, on, on Saturday yeah. I did a very long run, longest run I've done since being locked down. Came back feeling pretty good. Thought, yeah, I'm pretty pretty fit. I mean, all this fit, all this lockdown exercises really uh, increased my fitness. I found that really easily. And the as I was in thinking, good shape. I was thinking those thoughts to myself, and the next thing I knew, I woke up and it was dark, and I'd literally like got in from the run, slumped on my bed, and then Shut just down. I'd, I'd had a shower, and then I'd sort of lay on the bed. It was like you know, just after lunchtime, and then just, the body had just shut down. He'd gone fuck this. Let's shut. Let's put him into an enforced coma. Yeah. Wake him up around tea time. <laughs> I'd say fuck for the rest of the night and then the same thing happened yesterday he will yesterday. be able to go to bed at 4am get same thing, same thing happened yesterday as well and I hadn't even done any exercise I just like was I was mm. there sat on my bed watching the FIFA World Cup 1994 USA film as, oh, as, is, as right. is my way and yeah. uh, then again bang I'm gone and I've made the fa- I've, <laughs> made, I've made the fatal error of in, it's sort of half asleep and then 
kind of waking up out of it and crawling under mm. the cover. Once you're under that cover, mate, oh, you've man, said you've this, told us this before. It's, it's no longer the nap, is it? It's a sleep. Not a nap, is it? No. You've got to be on the bed, on the cover. Yeah. And you need to try and set a timer on your phone, otherwise you're fucked. No, this, these both but, happen too spontaneously, so... Oh, well. Oh, well. What can you do? It's like talking about balance. You're buzzing off the coffee too much. I'm napping too much. And, you know, in the end, we will both find equilibrium. Well, we're living in a life crisis, aren't we? So that's what it yeah. is. Yeah, it but, is. Um, I, Just I a simple, regulate, lovely life crisis. I can normally regulate my coffee intake, you know, professionally. I've done this for a long time. <laughs> but today, You're a coffee pro. Oh, overdosed massively. And this is why I've never got into drugs because it will be a fucking shambles. Yeah, yeah. But there um, we are. Well, yeah, just uh, yeah, be vigilant, kids, when it comes to the coffee. Is that what they're I mean, saying you're, now? You know, I remember being when we were on tour. You're a, a big fan of the double espressos. Yeah, aren't double you? espressos. Yeah, especially just before we go on we stage, all, I like to fuel up, don't I? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, when we were in Liverpool, I remember nipping out for a last minute double espresso. And there was a mm. doorman at the club. What's it called? The, the, the club in Liverpool. Um, I forgot what it was now. The the Comedy bastard. Shed, like that. Oh yeah. And he's gone. Um, <laughs> Hello hot, and welcome. Hot, hot water comedy club. That welcome was it. to the bastard club, home of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the fair city of Liverpool. Tonight we've got some non-scousers trying to do jokes. <laughs> I uh, I was coming back in, and the barman who had quite a lot of chat was like, "Are what you got there? That's a small coffee, right? Oh, wasn't it small?" And I went, "All right." He's pretending he doesn't know what an espresso is, right? He's yeah. doing the professional northerner thing. Yeah. So I went, "Yeah, no, it only seems small, mate. It's because you're such Where a big did bloke." Where you get that from, mate? Lilliput. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's because you're such a big bloke. And then he power played me and turned around and went. It's actually an espresso. I know what an espresso is, you know. And I'm like, hey, you're the cunt who just said it was a very small coffee, acting like you hadn't seen one before. Make your mind up. You've either got to be the professional normal pretending you'd never seen something like that before, or you've got to act all chippy and make out that I'm patronising you for for assuming you'd never seen one before. Commit to one of those two stereotypes. If not, this conversation's going to hit a cul-de-sac. It's a mess. Yeah. I'm happy to play either of your games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've dealt with you people before. I'm Britain's top journalist. <laughs> yeah, I've met people in the North many times in in the course of my journalism. Uh, so yeah, I was doing the um, I was doing the doing the numbers and everything on that uh, that tour the other day, and I worked out that we uh, guess how much money we made from that Liverpool show? A million pounds. Eight quid. Oh fuck. Probably less, actually. Well, that's not including expenses like travel and accommodation and stuff like that. Espressos. Espressos. uh, And I had to go back to the hotel to get my iPad because they couldn't get the USB to work. So I had to get the sound off the iPad. And And the woman there, there was a a young lady sort of running things who we got the distinct impression didn't like us. I mean, we (laughs) didn't blame her for that, by the way. She actually seemed quite nice. I felt bad for her having to deal with us. (laughs) <laughs> yeah because she just seems super fucked off by anything we said and it wasn't one of those ones where you take offense and what's the matter with this grumpy bar so i just sort of thought oh poor yeah, her fair enough yeah fair yeah. enough we're, we're quite annoying stuff to do 
And uh, but I did blag a free hotel room that night at a fancy hotel across the street, so that was good. And we had a good night out with Peter Hooten from Out of the Farm. That's right, we did. Yeah, and met someone out of uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. So I mean, yeah, it was worth it, even if we made a loss on the night. We didn't realise it was him till he'd gone. Yeah, it was Nasha from Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Nasha, mate, the guitarist. A, it he was like someone had arranged the most Scouse night out we could ever have. <laughs> We were out with Peter Hooten, uh, the manager of Echo and the Bunnymen, and someone out of fucking... And Nasher out of Frankie Goes to Hollywood. I mean, all we were lacking was the ghost of Scylla Black. Exactly. Back in 1984, there was no bigger Frankie Goes to Hollywood fan than me. Mm. I was in the fan club and everything, £5.75 per year. What did you get? You got got two two photocopied newsletters and a fucking badge. (laughs) <laughs> it was shit dog shit value for money but I was happy to pay it My, and, you know I knew a girl what? once right who was the founder and mm. chairperson of mm. the official Pasadena's mm. fan club fucking hell yeah you probably wondered a lot over the years who are the people who started up those fan clubs that were so yeah. big back then well she know, her name was Sophie and she was in charge of the Pasadena's one was she, was she affiliated to them at all, or did she like set it up and no, then get I in touch? No, I think she approached them. Started your fan club up. She was a, yeah. she's a fan. She went, "I'll start up a fan club if you want," and they went, "Yeah, I all think right." That's how these things work. Generally, yeah. I don't think it's like a, a a member of the group's management or anything like that. It's just they contract that does it out. It's like us with the Latvians. Yeah, franchise. similar thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is probably why the Frankie one was so shite because you know generally their comms. And all their artwork and everything was really good. It was that was part of it. was all masterminded ZTT. by Paul Morley, wasn't it? It was. And yeah. Paul Morley was clearly not in charge of their uh, fan club output. No, that was outside of his umbrella. It's a good point, actually. Um, if there are any hunters out there thinking of starting up a fan club, please do not, because that could cost us money. We are happy. Mm. If there's any tat to be sent out and charged for, that's for us to do. Yeah, we've got we're professionals. We've got that yeah. in house, and so don't worry about that. that. And if if you do start anything unofficial, however affectionately it might be intended, we mm. will sue you. Mm. Um, and we so. we will Hard. set we will set our legal attack dogs on you, and they will be yeah. relentless. Yeah, we don't just have lawyers. We've got uh, narrowboat owners. Mm. We've got uh, diversified farmers. The diversified farm, all of that. Ah, there was an email from Lewis Clare we need to go through. We've got someone in the headphone business. We have, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but I've been on to him on the email trying to get more free things from him. Have you? I haven't noticed that. Well done. Yeah, I was very mindful of the fact that when I sent the email, you would be seeing it too (laughs) and judging me for it. (laughs) I never look into the the send folder. I don't 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 know what you get up to. Speaking of Paul oh, Morley, God. Speaking, speaking of Paul Morley, when I was working in Sunderland Library about 15 years ago, very briefly for a few months, um, the Sunderland Library's got a gallery on the top floor and there was some quite highfalutin exhibition at the time and Paul Morley was in town oh, yeah. with the late show. Well, listen, mate, if there's a highfalutin a exhibition it. going on, Paul Morley will be somewhere Well, around. he was there, yeah. Yeah, like a wasp like a wasp yeah. around a pint in a beer garden. And he was there and I bumped into him and I just said, Oh, hello, Paul. I said, I just said, basically, you know, can I just say thank you for for Zangtum Tum for ZTT back in the day? Because it was 
really, really good. And he just went there. Mm, yeah, it was a long time ago. So, uh, <laughs> Is that after, what he said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Really sniffy. Yeah, what, yeah it was a, a long time ago. I, I thought, well, you've done fuck all of worth since you cunt, so fuck off. Oh, fuck you now. Well, so, you uh, might have got him best on thing, an op- Best thing might- you'll ever be involved in, you fucking twat. He might be. He might have been depressed, mate, so, you I know. Reckon. Yeah. Some people, you know, you, you, sometimes you you can be really down on this. Sometimes you're really proud mm. of the stuff you've done, and some days you're just like, oh, fucking hell. Oh god, oh shit! Oh, I hate that. And he was—he might have been. You think he was being snippy? He might have been being humble. Like he might have been going to you. Look, you know, thanks, but it was such a long time ago. I mean, you know, I'm really like worried that I haven't been able to do anything to match it since. I mean, you know, throw me a bone here, and you've given it. Yeah, you cunt. It was a long time ago. <laughs> nah, you, you, know you washed up prick. <laughs> and he's like, oh god, you're making all my insecurities seem so real. No, no, I'd never said that to him. I just thought it. Yeah. And I'm yeah, very, but... very confident that I interpreted what he said in the manner in which it was intended. Oh, well. God. Well, either way, well done, Never Paul meet Morley. your heroes, Sam. Never no. meet your heroes. Yeah. Unless I, it's us. I told you about, I know, some, I know someone who um, met, uh, I've met all my heroes. I've had a Friday egg off Trevor Brookin. Noel Edwards. I've met, yeah, I've met Mr. Blobby. <laughs> Uh, I've met Trevor Brookin um, and Tony Cotty and Frank Mayer. All my favourite footballers, I realised, really. I mean, Bobby Moore's dead, so I never got to meet yeah. him. But I have met Jeff Hurst and Martin Peters, right? Right. Oh, well, there you go. Um, they've all been basically all right, really nice. Um, but yeah. I, n- I never met Prince. Blobby was fine. He was everything you'd want him to be and more. And ditto you, Edmonds. Um- you never met Prince, but you met Leslie Grantham, so... I met Leslie thing, Grantham, really, that's true. I've met Danny Dyer. <laughs> he was a good bloke. Oh, I've met them all. But a mate of mine met David Bowie once, and he stood next right. to him backstage at a gig, not at a Bowie gig, someone else's gig, and he was there yeah. and uh, found himself just standing in the same circle as Bowie. Fuck. Yeah. And Fucking so hell, had to, had to be chill and sort of like yeah I'm just literally here as a peer you're almost yeah. as an equal to David Bowen mm-hmm. right so he's standing there just like yeah having a chat and he sort of tried to casually address a couple of things he said directly to Bowie and mm. anyway after five minutes of this he held it together and then Bowie had to go off and do something I've got to go somewhere I've got yeah. to go sorry Iman's on the oh, phone. Boom. Right. I'll be back in a moment or two. I've got to go for a slash. And Brian Eno's outside. He's asking if I can put pass my wristband out to him. Then he can put it on, get in, then give it back to me. It's a process we always use when we can only get one backstage pass. <laughs> him and Eno always doing that. Right. And, uh, and, um, so, but when he went, he said to my mate, "Nice to meet you, and uh, stay away from the bad stuff. It'll only fuck you up." Oh, that's what he said. Yeah, did he mean coffee? <laughs> Don't know. Who knows what he meant? But whatever Just he means, he's right, isn't he? I mean, the bad stuff will fuck you up. Whatever your bad he stuff meant, is, he might have meant the occult, perhaps. Yeah, or he might have meant Mister Kipling's French fancies. He might yeah. have tapped. 
he might have tapped his belly after saying it and done a sort of like, yeah. face yeah. like, oh, moment on the lips, <laughs> a lifetime on the hips. That's oh. it. That's the thing with Boy. It's always open to interpretation, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's the way yeah. he liked it. Anyway, I've got to go and yeah. see Brian now. He's outside. He, uh, <laughs> he gets annoyed because at Glastonbury last year, we brought a rope and I got in and then we threw a rope over so him and some of our other pals could climb in. But then the security found us. <laughs> yeah. They're always trying to plug their way in. Anyway, we've got some emails that are quite good. They're not for Life Logistics. We have got some good ones for Life Logistics, but keep them coming in and remember to yeah. mark them Life Logistics. These are just sort of general um, general emails, got? general observations. This is from first. S. Bown. He says, I thought you might find this mildly amusing. It could be a new subject to discuss. Do you know what? Fuck off, right? We'll decide what we're going to discuss. Who are you, a self-elected producer? Anyway, he said, so during the summer of 82, Rocky 3 came out, and it was huge, mainly down to the theme tune, apart from anything else, which was, of course, I Have mm. the Tiger. My mates and I used to gather in a friend's garage and take turns boxing each other while I Have the Tiger played on a cassette player. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. Uh, the fights. I love it. Would, the fights would last the duration of the song. Oh, that's a punishing rule, isn't it? Right, you got to start fighting. It's only a play fight, but you cannot. I mean, that song's got to be at least three and a half minutes long, hasn't it? Yeah, at least. Yeah, definitely. And that's longer Im- than a boxing round. Im- yeah, imagine if you've taken a right good fucking dig in the opening moments. You're trying not to cry because you're a kid yeah. in front of your mates. And you think, I've got to get through this. It- I've agreed. I've signed up to a deal whereby <laughs> I cannot stop fighting until this song's over. Nightmare. <laughs> he says, we had boxing gloves at least. The funny thing is we used to shove tissues in our mouths to act as gum shields. But we also had a rule of no punching in the face. So not sure what the gum shields were all about. So, have you or your listeners got any stories of films, etc., that influenced you or them as a kid, like taking up karate after watching The Karate Kid, for example? Simon, brackets, posh site on Twitter. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, uh, I remember yeah. my brother, when he's, uh, my brother Dom, when he was about 16, I would have been about eight, he was quite into boxing and go to a boxing club. And I remember him coming back and saying, "You need toughening up. You need toughening up. Look at you, you pathetic. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna train you to box." Right, <laughs> so he, he had me, and I was like, "Oh, I just want to watch Tomorrow's World." Right, and he like, <laughs> have, he made me fucking do all this exercise in like, you know, burpees and press ups and sit ups, and he taught me some rudiments of boxing. And he went, "Right, you're ready now to spar. Get on the bed." So we got on my mum's bed, which was used as a boxing ring. And uh, he goes, remember, remember, keep your stance like I showed you. Keep your guard up, use your jab and keep moving. You remember, don't you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I remember. Right, here we go. Ding, ding. He said, ding, ding. And then he just fucking punched me in the face and knocked me off the bed. Smash. (laughs) Bang. And that was it. No. And he's like, nah, that wasn't very good, mate. You should have kept your guard up. I'm an eight-year-old child. You're effectively a, a man who's been trained at boxing. This was all a big ruse yeah. to just smash me in the face with impunity. Yep. That's right. Stop fucking crying, you sissy. Well, so I don't know if that was inspired by Rocky or not, but it certainly happened around that era. Yeah, it will have been, I reckon. But the um, the parents' bed was always a good arena for boxing and wrestling and stuff like that because mm. it, it was the right size. It was bigger than your standard bed. 
and it was soft and everything like that. Me and my brother used to do boxing and stuff on, on the parents' bed. I think that's a constant yeah, for everyone. Yeah, it is good. I, I, still used, fight. I, remember, yeah, I still we, fight we on used the bed to watch, with my son. Um, well, of course. Why mm. wouldn't you? We used to watch... Um, Stuff like the A team, and then reenact fight scenes when it had finished, because obviously the adrenaline would be pumping when yeah. you're watching ah, it, because these yeah. things are so exciting. And yeah. then as soon as it's finished, Smash. you start rolling around the fucking you floor, bashing the be, shit out of each other. You pretend to be an unscrupulous land developer who's trying yeah. to uh, tear down a Mexican peasant's village, and I'll pretend <laughs> to be Face Man out of the A team, right? <laughs> yeah. Probably I would yeah. always be. No, I, I quite like to be Murdoch. I I found his. Mental illness, I suppose, endearing. Yeah. Did you did it, did it resonate with you a little it bit? It did, in did a way, yeah. Howling Man then. Murdoch. Um, yeah. Yeah, we don't get any fighting shows like we used to like that, although The Mandalorian's good. If you do miss sort of episodic sort of serial adventure shows that we always talked about in the 80s where someone just every week has a fight, then mm. The Mandalorian is about the closest I've seen in recent times to that. There's definitely it's got, room in It's got a little bit of a sense of humour. Right. Jalapeño. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jalapeño. I mentioned Forces TV a few times because they repeat Shelley double yeah. bills most nights. Uh, Forces TV has recently started a show, Dukes of Hazard, And I've seen a couple of episodes and it still really stands up. It's really good. And it's it's really funny, and I don't think we really appreciated the comedy of it quite as much when we were kids because it was all about the car chases and, you know, the fact that they would jump into their car through the, the permanent window. That was the main window. thing about it, wasn't it? That was it. Yeah, and Daisy Duke, obviously, who yeah. uh, was a huge trigger for a lot of Big. us. And, and I can confirm, still is. Yeah. For someone who's practically untriggerable. Yeah. She's still, a, uh, yeah. A, I think a, if anyone, you phenomenal know, trigger. I'm not easily triggered, but there are two or three individuals you think would have it in them, and she's certainly yeah. one of them. Yeah, lifetime triggering capabilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's your so first that, trigger. So your first trigger TV. stays with you, and she was a lot of yeah, people's first ever your trigger. First one, do you? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, that's on Forces TV every day, I think. So I'll make. Uh, oh, watch I'm going to watch that with the boy later. Um, yeah, it was yeah. good. Uh, they always ended up. The, the baddies were the funny ones, weren't they? Um, who were they? The the geezer well, in the well, white Boss hat, Hog. Boss Hog, and yeah, his Boss mate. Boss Hog and his, 
Sheriff Ruskell P. Coltrane. Yeah, and the Duke brothers always, in every episode, it seemed, they always managed to get them to lock themselves in their own cell. Yeah. They always do that, don't they? And then run yeah. off with the keys. Yeah, uh, but Boss Hogg's probably the funniest thing in it. Yeah. Boss, the, the, whoever the fellow was, Sir John Boss Hogg, yeah. whatever his name was, some of his expressions and the fact that he's always fallen on his arse and stuff like that. And, he's, and he does he's a lot of double takes. He's irate with his... Yeah. He, with his, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's furious with his underlings, isn't he? Because they've always... Mm. And doesn't Roscoe have a um, bloodhound as well? He does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a great Which show. Of course, is what you Check need. Check it out if you haven't cop- seen it, kids. Um, Definitely. Now, uh, there's some other emails that I think are worth our um, attention. Uh, Ollie Ellis has sent us an email entitled Crows. (gasps) It's the kind of email I like because he hasn't even bothered to start it with a hello lads or anything. He's straight into the action. I just got into it. He's just written, I just drove to work while listening to Tune Machine and I saw a crow eating another crow. They really are cunts. Fucking hell. And he signs off, by the way, I have an ice cube in my mouth. Lovely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that just confirms what we already knew. Uh, terrible business, Crows. We know what they're up to. We don't like it. Just like the government say, stay vigilant when it comes to Crows. Uh, Probably jo- the only good thing The only good thing about the Daily Star is that they're constantly running campaigns against seagulls. Yeah. They've got them pegged as Britain's biggest menace. Who's but worse, crows, a seagull or a crow? Crow. Why? Crow. Why? Just ruthless. Ruthless. Seagull, there's an element of fun to them. Sometimes you (laughs) see a seagull walking into a shop. There's footage of a seagull in South Shields walking into a Greg's Mm. and nicking a bag of crisps and it goes out the door again. Yeah. And, you know, you you can't knock that. They've got a swagger about them, haven't they? Seagulls. Yeah. They remind me a little bit. It's an automatic door. It's it's an automatic door as well. It stops and it stands and waits for the door to part for it. Seagulls are very much sort of TTFN dickhead, aren't they? Like, they'll fly down, they'll nick your fish and chips and they'll fuck off. TTFN dickhead. Whereas crows are more, there's a cruelty to them. Yeah. Seagulls, then you know, there's a, there's an element of a wink, a nod and a wink from them. Yeah, it's like we're being cuds, but we know we are. Yeah, come and on, you love it. Really. We're just seagulling. Oh, we're it, doing. It's all part of the seaside fun. This is our way, <laughs> right? This is the seagulling way, has been for generations, yeah. right? Yeah. We yeah we fuck about yeah we'll come and nick food off you. We, we might intimidate we'll you at times. You know, <laughs> we'll swoop down, fuck about. But, you know, it's all in the spirit of good fun. Have a, All we're saying is, have a fucking sense of humour about it. It's all part of the seaside experience. Yeah. Saucy postcards, candy floss, getting your chips nicked off a seagull. Yeah. Whereas crows are like, I will pick the eyes out of this lamb. Watch this as I eat my own mother. Why? <laughs> I am not even hungry. I already ate a lamb's <laughs> eyes this morning. I am full up. I do it just for the sheer thrill. To eat one's mother is such a statement about your attitude to life. This is the crow way. Nothing, nothing is off limits for the crows. As in in the Big Lebowski, we are nihilists. We believe in nothing. (laughs) That that is the fucking crow way, isn't it? That's the crow way. You want to know, hey, motherfucker, you want to know what the crow way is? There is no crow way. <laughs> okay, think Yet about that, time, motherfucker. 
Everything is the crow way. <laughs> Everything and nothing. <laughs> fucking crows. Anyway, Johnny Bahrain has said uh, a famous nickname. Uh, hi, Sam. After hearing your chat about nicknames the other week, I was reminded of the time I heard Suggs on Desert Island Discs a few years ago talking about choosing his own nickname from a book. See, right. so Suggs did it just like from me. A, from a, hang on, from a book. Well, listen, I had a Google. A nickname book. No, it wasn't that, like, choose your own nickname, although that is a good idea for a book. We could knock that out <laughs> yeah. for a Christmas market, mate, one of those little oh, ones yeah. you get on the counter, and all we've done is, like, think up, like, a million different potential nicknames. We can write, write that in an hour. <laughs> uh, I had a Google, and here it is in his Wikipedia. It says here, Suggs got his nickname from randomly sticking a pin in an encyclopedia of jazz musicians and hitting Fucking Peter hell. Suggs while he was still in school, to avoid being labelled as a member of an ethnic minority owing to his Scottish name, because his name's McPherson, I think, isn't it? McPherson, yeah, Graham McPherson. Uh, To capitalise on the name, he went as far as to create a myth about it, writing lines like, Suggs is our leader on the walls, and only answering to the name Suggs. After leaving school, he worked at a butcher's for eight months, his first proper job. He also worked as a painter and decorator. Well... That's not relevant. Uh, I tried to do the same, <laughs> and then and then Johnny says I tried to do the same once, but the only book to hand was a cookbook, and I found that buckwheat uh. noodle. It didn't have the same ring to it as Suggs. Keep it cunty, uh. Johnny. Well, that Suggs for you. I mean, a lot of people really respect and revere Suggs. He's a hero that I have met. Um, right. Yeah. But I didn't. The encounter I had with him was not a pleasing one. Um, so. Oh really. Yeah. Come? Actually, I've met him twice. Yeah. And the first time I met him, he hit a friend of mine that I was with. I mean, Ooh. you might have to bleep that out because that sounds quite defamatory. It was, I yeah. think, a play fight because it, it was a mutual friend, but I was quite shocked. Yeah. And the well, s- I'm not going to bleep it out because it, it, it happened. It happened, And you said yeah. you think it was a play I fight. I can prove so, it. There was yeah. other witnesses. And the second time I was interviewing him, but I was, it will surprise you to learn that I was slightly late for the interview. And, uh, and was he less than pleased? Yeah, we, there was a, there was a tension between us. And what was funny was after he left, I'd invited one of my brothers along. Funny enough, the brother who taught me boxing by punching me in the face once, because he was a big <laughs> fan of Suggs as well. I said, I was with him. I said, oh, I'm going to interview Suggs now. Why don't you come along and, and, you know, you can say hello. And he came along and we said hello. But my brother picked up on the tension as well. I think he was, he was doing a lot of interviews and, you know, I understand sometimes it's a bit boring Mm. and tiring. The last thing you need is some cunt turning up late. And as he left, I was back in the studio. My brother was outside the studios having a fag and Suggs was getting into the car. My brother heard him saying something like, God, fucking hell, that bloke was a bit hard work, wasn't he? A bit late and all this sort of stuff. Like, basically having a little bitch about me in ways that yeah. sounded perfectly fine. Um, don't, you know, fair enough. And yeah, but then he... Cheek to bring his fucking brother along as well. He, br- he, clocked, he clocked my brother, who he had had a nice chat with, actually, and got on with better than he'd got on with me, I think. Yeah. And he just did a double take, saw my brother standing there having a fag. My brother's probably loving it, hearing Suggs slag me off. And he went to the girl he was with. Oh, anyway, quick, get in a taxi. There's his brother. I think he heard us. <laughs> he really said it like that. <laughs> and jumped in and whisked off. 
I love that. But nevertheless, so still a great man, a better man than me, he and was, he's still my hero. To be fair, he was probably on edge because he knew he was going to be dealing with Britain's top journalist. He knew that would be like a, yeah. a mental sparring I'd, session I'd find, almost. I find that there are um, a lot of celebrities and, you know, top um, politicians and all sorts of people who, when I interview them, yeah. they do get themselves all nervous. And I go, just relax. Yeah. I just see this as a conversation. But they always yeah. get nervous and they tie themselves up in knots and they start yeah. saying things they wish they hadn't. And, you know, the irony yeah. is I sometimes am not looking for that, but it's just the way people react to me because they know they're in no the ring with no a champion. Been, yeah, no one's being judged, no one's being assessed. It's just friendly chat. Just chat. You know, and imagine I'll write that, down the things you say. Imagine, Don't overthink it. Imagine we're in a pub, we're having a St. Clement's, mm. and you're, exactly. you're simply yeah. saying things to me that I will record forever and ever, right? Yeah. In the printed and audio media. On, on the record. Anything you say now will live with you and live with all of generations of people who come after you mm. will be reading this, what I write down, my interpretation of who you are and what you say. Okay? What you're about to say will go in the history books well, for all of mankind forevermore. So I, just relax. I am the creator of history, Sam Delaney. <laughs> <laughs> and you today are my subject slash victim, question mark. <laughs> Here, uh, someone We've got an email. Uh, I've yeah, got go on. one from Lewis Clare, our diversified oh, yeah. farmer. This is from a couple of weeks ago, so I don't know what this current situation is. He says, uh, your favourite diversified farmer needs a favour. Can you come and kill some cunting fucking foxes for me? Mm. Uh, he says, nest of little cub cunts milling around and taking my chickens. One of the little cunts, he's used cunts a few times there, he's obviously quite he um, needs to calm agitated down a bit. by this. Yeah. One of the little cunts has just killed eight of my brand new batch of chickens. Right. I got a man with a rifle down last week. Little cunts didn't even show up to get shot. Uh, very next it. morning, they bottled it, yeah. One of the little ginger fuckers is prancing around my garden. I'm having the complete piss taken out of me by the fuckers. Well, listen, uh, this, says, is, this is the fox way. Mm. This feels like a life logistics one. We should I, do I this a, tomorrow. I had a Zoom meeting with a couple of uh, my old mates last night, and they were reminding me of a time in, I guess, the late 90s when they shared a flat together in Shepherd's Bush. And it was on the first floor of like a, a block of flats on an estate. And um, one night, well, in particular mate of mine, I mentioned him the other day because you met him when we were in Manchester, my mate Lawrence. He was really, yeah. he, he was always, he, he was a lover of animals and wildlife, right? This was Lawrence with the snooker table. Yeah, snooker table. Cunt. He and took he said, all your money. He was on his yeah. way home and he, uh, and he was living with Ollie, Steve Jones's son, right? Who cuckolded right. me in Euro 92. Yeah. Right, and they both shared a flat together in in the late nineties. And uh, Ollie was asleep, and he was woken up by Lawrence going, "Wake, pissed, going, wake up, wake up, have a look at this." And when Ollie opened his eyes, Lawrence had a fox cub that he had picked <gasps> up on the way home, pissed, and brought back to Fuck their flat, hell. which was a first floor flat, right? <laughs> and like obviously Ollie's gone fucking ape shit. What the fuck? Get that fucking fox out of my fucking face. Gone mad. Lawrence is laughing and running around. I said to him last night, I said, Fucking hell, mate. I always wondered, why did you have that fox? He went, Well, I was on my way home from the pub, bit pissed, and I saw this fox rummaging it was a fox cub and it was rummaging around by some bins by a bus stop. And I went, Yeah, and he went, yeah. and I just thought, I'm having that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he went, so I picked it up and I thought it would put up a fight, but it didn't. It was fine. It was like, oh, what's all this? Fine, come on. Where, where are we going? Where are we going? This is a bit of fun. Like, I mean, Matt, as a fox, you'd be surprised at how monotonous my daily routine is. Very boring. So this, to me, this is great. This is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. This is a real red letter thing is day. As well, thing is, as well, I'm quite a new fox, and I haven't done much stuff yet. I don't know what's what. I don't know what's good, what's not. So what's happening now let's could give be it a normal. Go. I don't know. I've got no. I've got nothing I'm, to compare it to. I'm a new fox, but as a result, I'm quite open-minded. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll go with it. He said the thing that he remembers most about his walk back to the flats, which was about yeah. five minutes, fox. was the amount of women he reckons who were attracted to him because he was holding a fox cub. <laughs> he went, you wouldn't believe it. He went, so many women, really fit women, coming up to me going, oh, is that your fox? Oh, it's so cute. Oh, look at your fox and all this. <laughs> but... I don't know whether he followed up on any of that, but he took the fox home mm-hmm. and he woke up the outfit. And then he let the fox loose in the house and the fox went mad all around the house. Oh, yeah. And the, then the next morning, in the end, it settled down. And the next morning... Oh, it stayed the night. It stayed Incredible. the night, right? Uh, the next morning, Ollie woke up. Lawrence had already got up and fucked off to work, leaving Ollie in the flat right. with this fucking unsolicited fox cub, right? He's mm-hmm. had a knock at the door and it's the neighbour... And she's standing there with her boyfriend and she's going, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry to bother you. And I know this might sound mad, but I was convinced that I saw a fox on your balcony earlier. Right. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. no, 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 no. Fox. No, there's no foxes here. And she went, I know. I know it sounds weird. I mean, we're on the first floor of a flat in the middle of a council estate. Like it's a tiny flat. There's no way there'd be a fox, but it looked exactly like a fox. Maybe it was your cat. He goes, no, it couldn't be a cat. I don't have a cat. So you don't have a fox in there. He went, nope. Trust me, I would know if there was a fox in here and there is not a fox. So she's gone, all right. And he's calling Lawrence work, going, you fucking cunt. You've left this fox. Now the neighbours have seen it and they're round. Where's the fucking fox? I can't find it anywhere. It's hiding. And he's going, ah, don't worry, pussycat and all of this. Next thing you know, <laughs> fucking environmental, what you call it, have knocked on the door and said, we've had, oh, re- shit. We've had reports that there's a fox in your in your house, fox in your flat. Grass. We, we want to we come and have a look. And he's gone, there's no fucking fox here, mate. And he's going, well, let, let <laughs> us come in then. So he's gone, all right, because by this stage, he's thought, I haven't seen the fox. Somehow the fox escaped, although they still don't know to this day how it escaped. They think, they think, they were talking about it last night. It was fascinating to listen to. They think that it jumped (laughs) off the balcony to escape, jumped from the first floor. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So anyway, the environmental protection people came in and they had a look around the flat looking for evidence of a fox. And he thought he'd got away with it because there was no fox evidence, right? They go, all right, everything seems to be in order. Oh, They'd done a Columbo. Oh, can we just look out on the balcony? Tiny balcony. One of tiny balconies. So he's gone, yeah, fine. So they've looked out on the balcony and unbeknownst to Ollie, fucking Lawrence has been out there, right? And there's a box that he's torn. He's put a blanket in it, right? But worse than that, there was a saucer with some chopped up grilled chicken, right? That was Ollie's fucking (laughs) chicken. He had a chicken breast fillet in the fridge. And Lawrence, not content with bringing a fucking wild fox home, and then gone in, taking his chicken fillet, fried it up, and chopped it and left it in a saucer. And the fox had fucked off without eating any of it anyway. Chicken. So he's gone, what's all this? The environment, and he's gone, oh, that's um, 
that is for a cat. I said, what, you said you didn't have a cat? And he said, yeah, someone was visiting who had a cat. So we made up this bed and gave it some chicken, but it weren't interested. <laughs> We're going to keep an eye on you, sunshine. <laughs> There's something that doesn't add up here. One minute you've got a fucking, haven't got a cat. Next thing you've got a cat who's staying over for a little bit. <laughs> There's people saying they've Reminds- seen foxes. You got grilled chicken on your balcony. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> it reminds me of arguably Viz's highest point: fox in a box. <laughs> Have you seen that before? There's a fellow with a box, and he says, "Look what I found in the street." And his mate looks in the box, and says, "Ah, it's a puppy." Blog says, "Nah, it's a baby fox." And his mate goes, "What are you going to do with a baby fox?" He says, "Fuck it and eat it." And <laughs> out, amazing. Early viz. Yeah, it's quite. That's, that's Fuck it and eat it. I think they had a lot of crows working for them at that period. Probably, yeah, they did. Right, that's it from this one. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, we've done more than enough. We'll be back though on the IFS. What is it? IFS uh, Plus and Platinum. Platinum. Get the life logistics tomorrow. Yeah. So tune in for that. Yeah. If you've uh, submitted a question, great. Uh, if not, um, tune in just to just hear other people's and problems and how we fix them. Laugh at other people's we problems and then marvel at our solutions. Got some good mm, ones tomorrow. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Thanks then. TTFN. TTFN, dickheads. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started <laughs> <laughs> 